0: the only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash ETM and enter code ETM at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E.com slash ETM. Go to joindeliteme.com slash ETM and use code ETM for 20% off.
1: One percent of your annual salary should be your budget, right, for gifts, okay? So you really don't want to spend a whole lot of money on gifts. And if you do, then, you know, you're going to go into debt. So I think that's one thing we need to consider. And also, you should also, if you don't have money, if you haven't saved up, what you should do, and it's not too late, you should start no-spend November,
0: Welcome to Everyone's Talking Money podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Game. There's no judgment, no dumb questions, just smart conversations about you and your money. So come on in and grab a seat. Everyone is welcome here. It feels like the holiday decorations discussions, shopping, everything seems to just come earlier and earlier and earlier. I feel like it was not even mid-October. Halloween hadn't even happened yet, and all of the Halloween decorations just vanished, and the holiday decorations took their place. And I I was thinking, this is October. (laughs) This is crazy. But maybe you love the holidays. I love the holidays. I, but I, I, I know that the holidays is a time of complex emotions. So this episode, my friend, it is your ultimate guide to afford the holidays without all of the stress and all of the debt that can come with it. And I know that is hard to do because the holidays, they feel like a time when you're expected to spend money, even when you might not have money to spend Maybe you have a family member and they're just always trying to one up your gifts or you feel pressured to have the best gift for your boss. And what about dads? Can we talk about dads for a minute? I never know a good gift to give my dad. So I just always overspend when I could have just gotten him a t-shirt and he would have loved that. So I called in my new friend, Patty Ashai. If you don't know Patty, she is known as the Duchess of Decorum on TikTok and has a raving fan base, close to a million fans on TikTok. She teaches financial literacy and social and workplace decorum. For the last 22 years, she's been a multifaceted person. She has a career as a lawyer and manager in a financial services company and stands as a senior vice president of mergers and acquisitions lending. So she has a depth of experience. But in this episode, Patty and I, we're going to break down the holidays for us. She's going to share her best tips to afford the holidays, why she thinks regifting gifting is actually socially acceptable, I didn't even know that was a thing, and how to DIY your holiday decorations and gifts in style. So whip yourself up your favorite holiday beverage, I triple dog dare you that you are going to love these tips and tricks. All right, let's start talking. We are going to talk about prepping for the holidays. It was interesting. I was just um, watching the news this morning. They were talking about how, you know, interest rates are so high right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people turn to their credit cards for the holidays, for, for shopping. And, and that interest rate is just like through the roof that, if you know, you don't pay your credit cards off on time. It's just, right. it's really, you know, it's, it's such a... A pain point, and you know how it's really important this year in particular to spend with intention. So, we're going to talk all about that. But you are this uh, TikTok kind of massive success. You're known as the Duchess of Decorum, which is Mm -hmm. so fantastic. (laughs) And so, it seems fitting, you know, that we're talking about how do you afford the holidays and how do you navigate all of the stress involved with it, even if you're on a tight budget. What do you think it is about the holidays that just Gets us all to overspend. Like it brings out the overexpender in us.
1: Well, I th- I think there's a few things. I think one of them is the expectations, right? It's the expectations that you're supposed to give a gift. And you also don't want to give a cheap gift. You want to outdo other people. You're trying to keep up with the Joneses. And you're also afraid to offend people if you say, you know what, I can't afford to give you a gift this year, or if you don't give a great gift. So that is why people overspend because they're so afraid of being judged as far as the gifts that they give, or if they don't give a gift. And it's really a horrible time of the year because this is when most people go into debt.
0: Yeah, I believe it. And that that pressure about gift giving, I want to talk about that because I, I always feel like you know it's it's sort of this this pressure and i don't even know where it comes from that you know the people in your life it's like every year you feel this need to outdo whatever you did last year and it's yes. sort of it, like irrationality of it where it, regardless of what your budget looks like it's like oh my gosh i have to you know how do i find a gift for dad like i've exhausted all the things like right. how do i get him something more uh you know something better than i did last year why do we feel a pressure to buy like the perfect gift. Is this just something we created kind of as a society that like we have to give the perfect thing?
1: Yeah. I I think really it's in our heads. And the reason that we want to give the perfect gift is I think we, we don't want to disappoint the other person, right? So if it's someone that we love, we want them to open the gift, be like, oh my God, this is such a great gift. I mean, how many times have you given a gift to someone and you know that they don't like it? And that is right. And you could just see on their face, that they don't like it. And so that is such a disappointing thing for yourself. So I think it's also like self-preservation because you don't want to see them being disappointed and then it hurts you. So it's kind of like a vicious cycle.
0: I have learned that I'm definitely, I think, a better gift giver than a gift receiver. I sometimes really?
1: I really the opposite. Really? Yeah. Well,
0: we should do a gift exchange because <laughs> we, we would should. be perfect for each other then. <laughs> uh, I, I yeah, I used to, I used to feel like uh when I would open gifts from certain people, like, oh gosh, like what is it gonna be? Am I gonna have to? what kind of a reaction am I going to have to give? Like, yeah. especially if I don't want the gift and like, can I actually return the gift or not return the gift? And right, yeah, it's such an ordeal for me. I'm just way happier giving
1: it to somebody. <laughs> and I'm the exact opposite. I don't feel like I'm a good gift giver because again, like I, I try to figure out, okay, what do they want? But I am so afraid of the disappointment. And I that's why I love to give like gift cards. But then even when I've given gift cards, people have been like, Oh, it's just a gift card. It's so impersonal. I'm like, dude, what do you want from me? <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, like
0: I, I we talk down on gift cards so much, but I I'm not a big fan of them because then I me can too. go and I can buy whatever I want. And exactly. It's
1: like,
0: it's like double the double the present for me. I got the gift right. card and then I gave it to get myself a gift. <laughs> me too.
1: I love gift cards.
0: So I want to set everyone listening up for success and I want to talk about gift giving on a budget. You know, what are some like creative or thoughtful ideas that you have of gifts that maybe won't break the bank?
1: Yeah. I think DYI gifts are really great. And I always say like, for example, if you want to do a basket of cookies or baked goods, that's going to cost you after you, you can go to the dollar store, you can buy all the baskets and all to make it look pretty, right? It'll cost you $6 a gift but people love them. And I've broken down the math. So, um, it's at most $6 or do like flavored olive oils. If you can get olive oil and you can infuse it with like thyme or other seasonings, people love those. So if you can figure out something that you can do yourself, I think that is the best strategy because that is the most cost effective. And again, typically people love these gifts. It's not just, you know, going out and buying them something. They can't get it somewhere else.
0: I used to have a friend who would hand make candles at the holidays and I just, I love candles, but See? I never go out and buy them because, you know, now they're right. like $35, $40 a candle. Exactly. But I, I love ideas like that because what you're saying, like the supplies are so inexpensive and mm-hmm. you can really create like a nice gift for somebody and yes. you're not spending a lot of money. And then the person receiving it is also like thrilled to receive something
1: like that. Yes. Yes. Agreed.
0: Uh, I, you know, I share this tip a lot with uh, my listeners, but I love we can you know asterisk mark this. You got to use your credit cards responsibly, but I love using credit card points because mm-hmm. I can exchange them for gift certificates, whether to restaurants or to, uh, you know, clothing stores or whatever. I mean, right. I could go out then and buy the gift, or I can give the gift card as well. I'm wondering if you have any other like interesting kind of money related savings tips that way of, of how people could maximize maybe something even they have.
1: Yeah. You know, how about regifting? Can we talk about regifting a little bit? Because it is really seen as a taboo. And I think we need to get over that. I have received, like you were saying, you love candles. I don't love candles, but I know friends that do. So when I receive candles, I was like, you know what? I don't love this. I'm not going to use it. I don't like burning them in my home, but I know another person that would like it. So I think that if you get gifts that you don't love, it's okay to re-gift. That's free, right? That's a great, great way to save. And I also say, if you can't afford to give expensive gifts, that is okay you can go, especially for children, you can go to the dollar store and kids don't know the difference between an expensive gift and an inexpensive gift, right? It's just a toy. So for children, if you go to the dollar store, you can get so many gifts for them and it's so inexpensive. And that way you can maximize your dollars for the adults and you know, be able to buy them maybe a nicer gift.
0: And I think we need to break away from the whatever feeling, the shame or guilt that we feel. Like if we go shopping at a dollar store or something like that, there. Yes. There are a lot of very nice um items there. Like my husband yeah. just loves decorating for the holidays and for Halloween, he just kind of went all out with our house with all sorts of skeletons and different things. And right. a lot of the decorations he got at the at the dollar store. And you know, I mean there we got compliments on them and people love them. And the beauty is that he didn't spend a lot of money on, but you you don't have to share with someone how much. I mean, this is part of the decorum, right? You don't have to share with
1: someone exactly. how much you actually spent on the gift. They don't need to know that piece. No, they don't, and that's actually tacky to do so anyway, right? So <laughs> you, so you, you don't have to share. And again, as long as it's 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 okay for it to be inexpensive, as long as it's not cheap there's a difference, right? So you can find some great things at the dollar store that are inexpensive, but not cheap, meaning the way that, that they're constructed or the way that they look. So I think the dollar store is a really great place to start.
0: So the regifting thing, I think the trick is always right that we just want to make sure we're not regifting the gift to the same person who actually got us the gift.
1: (laughs) Right. Or in a circle where they would know That, you know, that's a gift that somebody gave you. And all of a sudden, you know, you're you're talking about and they're like, oh, you know, I love the candle from wherever you gave me. Your friends, like, what are you talking about? That's what I gave you. So yeah, (laughs) that that's important.
0: Are there any guidelines for like how much money you should spend on people on your list. So if you're looking at your money and you're trying to figure out, like, how do I even set a budget for, for all of my gift giving? Do you have any tips for how we do
1: that? 1% of your annual salary should be your budget, right? For gifts. Okay. So you really don't want to spend a whole lot of money on gifts. And if you do, then you know, you're going to go into debt. So I think that's one thing we need to consider. And also you should also, if you don't have money, if you haven't saved up what you should do, and it's not too late, you should start no spend November. Okay. And what it is, is in November, you're not going to spend money on anything that you don't absolutely need to survive. You don't need to get your nails done to survive. You don't need to go out drinking to survive. You don't need the Starbucks to survive, right?
0: We don't. Wait, you, wait a minute. No, <laughs> I know. Sorry,
1: <laughs> but um, yeah. So if that's the case, then you know it, it, you'll save up so much more money in November, and then that is all the money that you spend on your Christmas presents. I think that's a really I, great strategy.
0: I like that. So the hope is not not lost. We just maybe no, need to be not. a little bit more intentional and mindful with our money and we can carve out that that budget or, you know, certainly yes. a small amount of money to, to save. Yes. Um, all right. I want to just change things up a little bit and I want to talk about the holidays and kind of the awkward family situations where maybe we have like one sibling or a relative that has a great deal of money and, you know, somebody else who really doesn't but is maybe expected to kind of operate on this unlimited budget, right, to just have the money, whether it's traveling for the holidays or staying in a hotel or buying food for the meals. There's, you know, sometimes an expectation that everybody should spend the same amount of money. How do we navigate the emotions around money and and maybe talk to our family or friends without feeling shamed, uh, you know, about whatever, whatever money situation we might be in.
1: Yes. I think that is a huge trick. And most people are very, very ashamed of not having enough money to keep up with the Joneses. Like I was saying, I have friends that are so rich and they always want to do some very, very expensive things, you know, like, oh yeah, why don't we go there on a private jet? Really? (laughs) Seriously, like that, that's, that's the mentality. And I think that you have to just be very honest and open with your friends, because if you can't be open and honest with your friends, who can, who can you be open, honest with? And when that's happened to me, I was like, you know what? I would love to go. However, that does not fit in with my budget. And I think that's really important. I'm trying to be financially responsible. Unfortunately, that doesn't fit in with my budget. So is there an alternative? And that's when you can just be like, "Listen, that's basically saying I can't afford to do what you're doing. But why don't we think of something else?" I like that a lot. Or maybe you could just pay for me to go on the private jet, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm waiting. I was waiting. No one said it. I'm like, I guess I'm not going. (laughs) I know, right?
0: You're like, I'm just going to drop this hint right here and
1: see. Right. (laughs) I I mean, you're going anyway.
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but you know, what's the problem just adding adding one more person in there? But I like that because the word budget that you use because it is so charged and and we feel already so just like emotionally wrapped up when we're doing our mm-hmm. own budget, let alone saying that word to somebody else. But really I think that's where the mindset piece and and the work comes down in yourself that you have a choice of the um I guess the the feeling around that word budget. So if you're saying to your friend that way, like, I don't have that in my budget, I'm prioritizing, you know, other financial goals, you know, you can empower that word. Like you can make that word be something positive rather rather than it being just kind of this negative connotation that we talk about all the time.
1: Absolutely. I don't think, actually, being on a budget is a very, very smart thing. It's a very financially responsible thing to do. I'm on a budget and I don't need to be. Right. So it's, there is no shame in your game for being on a budget. I set a budget every single year. Again, luckily I'm fortunate enough to where I don't need to have a budget, but I still do because I think it's really important to be financially responsible and you should never be ashamed to be financially responsible. And to say to someone that I'm on a budget shows that you are prioritizing, maybe buying assets, maybe buying, you know, another home an investment property, all that That doesn't, that doesn't mean you're broke. It just means that you are prioritizing other things that are actually going to be bringing you money rather than taking money out of your pocket. And I think that we need to change our mindset around that word.
0: All right. That was a mic drop moment. I love that. I love how you (laughs) encapsulated that. That was fantastic. Yeah. I hope somebody listening, I hope that like really hit home for you because I think that that'll be such a shift. I think if you think about things that way, especially this holiday season. Uh, You know, Patty, another place we see tensions rise is all of these holiday parties and expectations around them. I know I have a lot of friends that invite me to happy hours and those sorts of things. I don't work for, you know, a company myself. I've been an entrepreneur my entire career, but I, a lot of my friends that work for companies, there are all of the holiday parties and holiday gifts and you got to find the perfect outfit and just all of the things mm-hmm. involved. What's what's like the proper decorum for, you know, work and office parties and all of these extra things that we're expected to sort of spend money on during the holidays.
1: Right. Uh, General rule, you don't spend money on anything that you can't afford to spend money on, period. And you don't go into debt to spend money on these things. So those, those are the rules. So if you want to attend holiday parties, I think it's great. You can, you know, sometimes you're required to bring a gift. You can bring a small gift. I think you should always bring a gift when you're going to someone's home for a holiday party. Um, but you don't have, it doesn't have to be big, just something small as a token of your appreciation. And best thing you could do at a holiday party really is, To act right is to not get drunk, not get sloshed, especially at a work holiday party. I say, you know, it's called a work holiday party. There's work in the title, right? So it's (laughs) still work. So you can't have more than one drink, two maybe. I mean, I can't tell you how many people I know that have gotten fired because of the way that they acted during the holiday party. Really? Oh yeah. Oh, happens all the time. At least two or three people I know a year- get terminated because of their, their behavior at a holiday party, because either they, they get drunk and, you know, they're dancing on a table, they do or say inappropriate things that is considered, you know, either sexual harassment or something like that, or, you know, they, they're just loud and abrupt. So that... That is all cause for termination. And most people don't understand that when it comes to work holiday parties. That if you embarrass your work, I promise you it is in your employee handbook that you are not to do anything that em- embarrasses your employer. And if you do, they can terminate you. Yikes. Okay.
0: That was a yeah. that's a major thing to just sort of sit with. Because mm-hmm. I, I think when we get to the holiday parties, we feel like, okay, the, blah, the year is finally over. Like, let's let loose. Let's have fun. Yeah. There's open bar, there's food, right. you know, and yeah, a, a lot of things can, can come out of that situation that aren't exactly pleasant.
1: <laughs> if, if I told you how many top tier C-suite people I know that have disappeared the day after the holiday party just disappeared, like they're off the company website, you, you would <laughs> not even believe it. I'm telling you it happens so often.
0: And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's monarchmone dot slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. All right, Patty, it's time to play your relationship with money is game. So, first oh. question. If you were to describe your relationship with money as a cartoon character, what would it be?
1: I would think my relationship with money would be like Tom and Jerry. (laughs) Can can it be two? (laughs) Because... You know, I'm always trying to chase it, and I can't figure out what is where it's going. And then, even when I grab it, and it's there, I'm just it gets out of my hand some way. <laughs> so that's the way I see my relationship with money. It's always like it just I'm always chasing it and it's trying to run away from me.
0: All right, great question number two. When you think about money, would you say your thoughts are mainly negative or positive?
1: Unfortunately, they're negative. And I just think because I come from an underserved background, so I didn't grow up with a lot of money, so I'm always afraid of losing it, even when it's not rational, even when it's not rational. So unfortunately, it's negative, but I think that keeps me on my toes. That prevents me now. I used to be really bad with money, but now it prevents me from overspending, so I can save a lot more.
0: If you were granted one money wish, it could be absolutely anything. What would you wish for?
1: Uh, I would... I would want a live-in housekeeper and a live-in chef. Out of everything in the world, that is what I would want. I need someone <laughs> to just take care of that stuff, take my Amazon packages back, and you know, <laughs> take care of the stuff that I don't have time to take care of. That is really what I would want. All right, last question. What
0: is one money secret that you have that maybe you don't talk about often?
1: the The one money secret I have is that, I, well, you know, I did talk about on this podcast, but I don't talk about often is that I, uh, I'm on a budget all the time. I'm always on a budget and I don't blow my money on shit that I don't need. And most people, they don't believe that about me, but you know, when you see me having something expensive, it's, it was definitely on sale and I have more Zara in my closet than I do Dolce.
0: We talked about um, we talked about DIY presents. Mm-hmm. What about DIY decorations for your house? I know that a lot of us like to go all out during the holidays. Uh, you know, lights and w- whatever it might be, the house, mm-hmm. everything outside, inside. Do you? You know, should you DIY? Like, does it make sense to DIY decorations?
1: Absolutely. Yes. You, you should DIY it. If you can make it, you can, but you were saying what your husband did is go to the dollar store. Hello, go to the dollar store for stuff like this, because you know, it's, it's perfect for these decorations because again, you can't really tell the difference between an expensive decoration and an inexpensive one. Rarely can you tell the difference and these decorations, you know, they get damaged. Okay, so unless you're really taking care of them, you don't want to spend a lot of money on these decorations. So go to the dollar store or make it yourself. It's really fun to be able to do something with your kids. If you want to make, you know, all the ornaments, that's something fun you could do together and you save a ton of money. I think we need the dollar store as a
0: sponsor of this episode. Yes. Agree. We have a lot of a lot of air time here, <laughs> rightfully so, but I love it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I, I you know there's a uh, during the holidays time the end of the year, I think it's a time we're always we're thinking about money too and mm-hmm. there's a lot going on in the world right now that is that is really you know tugging at me and tugging at my heart and i I love the idea of of giving and donating to causes as well and not just mm-hmm. giving gifts to other people or that could be a great gift to somebody that you you know donate to a cause in in their sure. name but how do we know oh my God. How do we know which organizations to donate to? You know, I think especially in this world we're in right now where there's a lot of GoFundMe's right. and things like that. And and there it's hard to know. You know, it's hard to know who are the legitimate organizations and who aren't. And I guess the follow-up that is, do we care?
1: Well, yeah, you know, I think that's that's really a personal thing, but in general, I the way that I do things is that I don't donate to any GoFundMes of people that I don't know. And that's because I can make sure that the money is being used the way that it's supposed to be used, right? So I think that that's a good rule because a lot of GoFundMes, all the money does not go to the person that you think it's going to. So that that's one thing. The next is you could always do a Google search on any nonprofit organization that you're going to uh, donate to, and it will tell you how much of that money goes to the actual cause versus in the pockets of the people that work there. So if you do a Google search, it'll be right there and it'll tell you, and then you can make that your decision that way. I
0: like that. Just doing a little bit of research, I think, pays off. I know it's so easy to just hit the button to give someone some money, and it comes from a very good place. I think a lot of us are just really kind hearted and we want right. to help other people out. But, and I love that advice about GoFundMe too, because I get a lot of GoFundMe requests that are like Me too. person of a person that I know, but I don't yeah. know that direct person. And so I'm always thinking about, you know, are those funds like really going to be used to actually help the person, which is the whole reason that, sure. you know, you'd be donating in the first place.
1: Sure. Yeah. That's my rule. So I want to
0: talk a little bit about about you. You have this mission of helping people take back their independence and really navigate Mm -hmm. their finances from, you say, a place of empowerment rather than Mm -hmm. fear or or desperation. Why why is this mission, why is it so personal to you?
1: It's personal to me because of my mother. Uh, My mom, we lived in Iran. I we migrated here when I was seven years old. And she had a very, very powerful career in Iran. My dad also had a great career. And I noticed that there um I guess the power in the relationship was very even because my mother worked, my dad worked, they both contributed. And then when we moved to the United States, I slowly started to see my mother's power diminish because due to the language barrier, neither of my parents really could find jobs in their respective fields. So my dad ended up just doing odds and ends and finally you know, ended up in a career. But my mom, um, she was in the medical career and she couldn't pass the exams. So she was relegated to the home. And I saw how lack of financial independence really affected their relationship, how she lost power. And Every time, you know, they would get into an argument, my dad would be like, oh, where are you going to go? And she oh. didn't have any power. Yeah, she didn't have any power in the relationship. And she would take me aside every time this would happen. And she would say, do you see what's happening to me? How important is it for you to have your own career, your own finances, and your own money so you don't end up like this? And that is w- really where my passion comes from, is that I saw it hap- happen in my own life. I've seen it happen with women All over the world, as far as not being able to support themselves or be in abusive relationships and not be able to leave just because they don't have the money and they don't know how to support themselves. And I want to change that.
0: Even, gosh, I I got divorced um, about, I don't know, 12, 13 years now. Mm -hmm. And even though we both had made money in the relationship he wasn't working when we got divorced. I was the only one working, and because of that, I had to give up almost every mm-hmm. single asset that I own. And I think you know this is something that not a lot of people talk about. It doesn't just happen to women; it happens to men as well. Right. But we know that it happens, you know, a, a, right. a lot to women. Where, um, you know, I think it's it's really important to share these these life stories and to share um your story with with our listeners because it's it's something that i think again is a place where a lot of money trauma a lot of shame and a lot of times you just don't know what to do when you're in a situation and particularly because money is such a primal need we need money right. and so the fear of not having money and and the fear that you know someone waves around a lot of times about you're not going to have anything financially is sure. is really scary. I probably would have got divorced a few years earlier or a lot earlier, but I knew that money was going to be used somewhat mm-hmm. as almost a weapon. I hate to say it, but right, um, you know that was the case. And it's just it's really it's really scary.
1: It is very scary, and a lot of stigmas around our finances is are detrimental to our lives. For example, the stigma around prenups. Now, you know, they are a lot more common now, right? But still there's a stigma around having prenups. Oh, you mean you're going to definitely get divorced, you know, if you have a prenup versus if you had a prenup, I'm sure that it would have served you. Um, it, I, I think really stigmas around... Speaking to one another prior marriage about your financial goals and about your own finances. People go into relationships and marriages without knowing anything about the other person's finances. They have no idea how much that person makes. They have no idea what their credit score is, which is so important. They have no idea how much debt they have. You know, we know everything else about this person. We know what movie they like, what their favorite meal is, all the stuff that really doesn't matter that much, but money we tiptoe around it because we're afraid to talk about it. And money is one of the top reasons that relationships end. And in order for us to be in a healthy relationship, we need to have open and honest conversations about our money, where we are financially. So the other person and us goes into this with both eyes open and knowing what we're getting into.
0: Hey, Hey, Tune into the Daily Book Club Discord and discuss the readings with other book club listeners. However you want to listen, it's your choice. Subscribe to the Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. New episodes every single day. So sit back, relax, and get lost in the Daily Book Club. Talking about money is hard. You know this already. All over the world, people are taught to never talk about money, politics, sex, or religion in polite company. On 50 Fires, a podcast about money and meeting from executive producers Chip and Joanna Gaines, host and financial conversationalist Carl Richards will remove money from that list by having frank, funny, and often difficult conversations about money, the kind we're all told not to have, with guests from all walks of life. In each episode, Carl will invite a new guest to answer the question, what does money mean to you? Their answers will reveal much more than their attitudes about money, spanning revelations about identity, community, faith, family, and the true meaning of wealth. Tune in to hear deep conversations about money and the meaning it holds in our lives. You can find 50 Fires on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.
1: From Foreign Policy, I'm Reena Nainan, the host of The Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women. Over the past few years, we've looked at how women around the world are changing societal norms to increase their economic power. This season, we're focusing completely on girls, how they're pushing for a brighter, more powerful future, and what the rest of us can do to set them up for success. Join us for stories about girl power, young women who are fighting for change, to give themselves a chance to live a life of their own choosing. That's season six of The Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women, wherever you get your podcasts.
0: So I know the holidays, and then right after that comes the new year, and this is a time where we're thinking about everything. We're reevaluating our goals in our life and, and all of this. So if somebody's listening and you know they're at that place of, of fear and desperation, but they want to move to a place of, empowerment, what would you say to them?
1: You are your biggest obstacle. The reason that you are not where you want to be, it's not because of the man. It's not because of the, the state of the economics in this country. It's not because of your race. It's not because of your gender. It's not because of any of that. I mean, those are factors, obviously, but you need to get out of your own way. You need to believe in yourself. You need to know that you can do it. And the first thing you need to do is just take that freaking step. You can't learn to drive in a parked car. You gotta take that step and you gotta get going to where you want to be. Otherwise, you're just gonna be stuck. And I promise you, you can do it. It's gonna be so freaking scary. You're not gonna know what to do. Your heart is gonna pound out of your chest, but who cares? You have to do it despite the fear. You have to do it despite not knowing what's going to happen. And you've got to take that risk because I promise everything you want is on the other side of that fear. And you have to give fear the middle finger.
0: You, you talk about this all the time and you talk in this really passionate way on your podcast. You've got a <laughs> podcast called No Romance Without Finance. Mm-hmm. I like that. What are, what are some of your, your favorite episodes or your favorite topics to talk about?
1: I love academics. So when I have academics on my podcast, those are the best and people with good stories. So th- th- those two, but academics are so great because they really break it down with science and facts and empirical data. So for example, I had, um, an academic on, it hasn't been, uh, released yet, but it, it will be, be released that she did a study on the gender pay gap and why that happens and she drops so much knowledge on why that happens. It's not just because we're women, but like what we do in the workplace is women. So I think anytime I have academics that really break it down like that, really, really great information because you can't help but learn. And also people that just have great stories, you know, like you learn so much from somebody else's story that I think that having people share their life stories is so important.
0: I I couldn't agree more. I think it's just it's so um because money is such a taboo topic. It it mm-hmm. it really shows you like the humanity and people and also that we're so much alike and connected yep. regardless of of our demographic or how much money we make. We all have mm-hmm. basically the same fears yep. and worries about money. It's just kind of a universal thing and I it's fun to see people have an aha moment like wow, I can't believe that person got stumped on this or, yes. you know, had to get out of debt or has this, this thinking about money. I think that's, it's really interesting. And I know you, you talk about a lot of things as well on your, on your TikTok and you kind of blew up as this like viral success of someone over 50, who's like there, <laughs> you know, sharing stuff on TikTok. How did, how did that happen? Did you just, you know, get on the app one day and start, you know, scouting things or did you, did you name yourself the Duchess of
1: Decorum? I didn't name myself Duchess of Decorum. The fans came up with that name. But how it came about is that I did a lot of work with big brothers and big sisters. And I was a big sister in the program. I promoted them a lot in the different organizations where I worked. And I was scheduled to go speak at a few of their events right before the pandemic. And when the pandemic hit, everything shut down. So I had all these great ideas in my head, but I had no idea what to do with it. And about 2 a.m. in the morning, I woke up. I was like, I'm going to make videos because everyone was just doing everything, you know, via Zoom, via, you know, just videos. And I have to be honest, you know, I started making videos on YouTube. There were about five to seven minutes. I was getting 25 views on a good day. And I was like, what's going on? So I looked at the analytics and I realized that after about a minute, 25 seconds, everyone would just, you know, log off. It was too, the five minutes was too long for the attention span these days, right? <laughs> oh, just God. way too long. So then I said, you know, TikTok back then was only a minute long. I said, why don't I start making videos on TikTok? So I just started making just one minute videos about, you know, finances, workplace decorum, just regular decorum, social decorum, and it took off.
0: That's great. And also very sad that our attention span is oh,
1: like yes. minute or <laughs> I was well. like, there's What's so much second? valuable information in here, but trust me, just hang on, you know? But yeah, that's not the way it is. Yeah, I know.
0: Well, they're, they're just so fun. And and y- you, you offer so many tips. I know you're going to be giving a lot of tips about the holidays coming yes. up. And, you know, we talked about we talked about a lot about, you know, DIYing and how to not have shame over whatever your holiday mm-hmm. gifting budget is. And, um, you know, worrying if you're not worrying, I should say, if you're getting the best gift or not the best gift, regifting, right. like all of these great things. But what do you ultimately want us to remember about being able to afford the holidays this year
1: with ease? I think the most important thing to remember is the holidays are not about giving gifts. They're about spending time with your loved ones in a meaningful way. That's really I know it sounds a cliché, but it is so true. And you don't have to participate in gift giving. You don't have to give someone a gift. Even if someone gives you a gift, typically it's that knee jerk reaction of, oh my God, they give, they gave me a gift. I don't have one for them. You go out the next day and buy them a gift, right? I mean, it just doesn't work. At that point, it's too late. So understand that a gift is not necessary. And I just want to give a tip because this is huge. Like, have you ever been in a situation where someone's giving you a gift and you don't have one for them and you feel so oh, yes. awkward? right? You're like, Oh my God, this is how you handle it. You take the gift and you say, wow, thank you so much for your generosity in giving me a gift. I didn't know that we were exchanging gifts and thus I don't have one for you, but I so appreciate you getting me one. And then you open the gift, regardless of what's in there, you act like it is the best thing you've ever received (laughs) and you thank them. And that's it. There, you don't go out and buy them a gift the day after because at that point, it's just too late and it's that's not what, you know, gift giving is about.
0: Oh, wow. There were so many holiday gems in this episode. I loved Patty's advice. I, I love this idea of regifting too. I know that it's something that feels very faux pas, but I actually regift quite a lot and I think it's just a great way if... Something I'm not going to use, I can give to somebody that I know is going to use it. I don't don't know how you feel about regifting. But my favorite takeaway, I think, is that Patty was affirming that being on a budget is a smart thing to do and that you should never be ashamed to be financially responsible. I will also add that if you happen to go over budget this holiday season, just please give yourself some grace. We all do it. The trick is just to follow up with a good debt payoff strategy to get that holiday debt off ASAP. I have lots of episodes on how to get rid of your debt quickly, so check out one of those episodes if that's you, because the interest rates this year, they're nuts, and that debt can really add up. Don't let the holidays, though, put your budget in holidays. If you want to connect with Patty, you can find her on TikTok where she will be sharing even more holiday and money saving tips. I will link her TikTok right in the show notes so you can pop over there and check out all of Patty's amazing tips, financial tips. She's just got a ton of fun videos for you to watch. If you enjoyed this episode, do me the highest favor, head to whatever app you're listening to this episode in right now, leave us five stars, rating and review. This is how we can keep this show growing and also share it with a few friends right now. Grab five friends Share them this episode so that everybody can figure out how to do this holiday thing without the stress and without going into debt. I'll see you back here, my friend, in a few days for a brand new episode.